Hello, welcome to more of the Richard Herring podcast feed, powered by Acast Plus. Uh, hope you're enjoying all these tour podcasts. There is still a chance to catch some, though they're selling out very fast. Uh, we, in fact, Sheffield on the 7th of March sold out. Uh, but check the theatre website for returns. Uh, Monday, the 11th of March, Adam Buxton and Lemsis A in the Leicester Square Theatre sold out. But you can get tickets for the Warwick Arts Centre, where I'm talking to Lindsay Santoro and the Exploding Heads internet phenomenon, and at Bedford on the 21st, where I'm talking to Olaf Falafel and my old friend Al Murray. I'm at Glasgow uh, on the 27th of March, sold out, Susie McCabe and Fred McCauley, and then at Hull on the 28th of March with Tommy Cannon and Bob Morton. Uh, there are three tickets left as I talk to you so get there quick if you want to come and see that also this richardherring.com slash come and see me on tour doing stand-up for the first time in six years richardherring.com slash ballback coming lots of places around England and some places in Scotland uh, and that's about it for the moment all right sit back relax and enjoy rahalastapa normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to another Rich Trainings Leicester Square Theatre podcast with Adam Buxton making his third appearance. Very exciting. I'm uh, going to try something a bit different. Uh, I've resisted being sponsored on these podcasts, except by idiots who uh, have paid on the Kickstarter. And this isn't exactly a sponsorship because the people I'm recommending don't know I'm doing this. But I've recently moved house and I've changed energy company to Bulb, who are a renewable energy company. It's about £200 a year less than I've been paying before, uh, and loads of their energy is renewable. They're really good, and I rang up their customer services, and they were great, and all the other people I worked with were shit. So I thought I'd recommend Bulb, if you want to change your energy, people. Plus, there is uh, some mercenary point to this as well. Uh, if you use the code bulb.co.uk slash refer slash Richard234, when you're signing up, then you'll get a £50 credit, and I'll get a £50 credit, and hopefully I'll never have to pay for energy ever again. So if you're moving energy anyway, check out. There's loads of comparison sites. Bulb are pretty good. There's loads of other ones. All the big ones are cunts. And uh, also, because they're not actually sponsoring me, if they're shit, I will tell you in another podcast. So it's a perfect win-win situation. Anyway, go to bulb.co.uk slash refer slash Richard234, and you can get £50, and I can get £50 of free energy. I'm just going to leave my fridge open if lots of people do it. So... It's got to be worth it for that, right? Anyway, let's watch the kind of guy who does this sort of thing all the time. Adam Buxton on Rehalastapurahalastapur. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who just paid 5p for a twirl, effectively. Yeah, find out how. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much. Welcome 
Welcome to another edition of Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Um, I was at the Virgin Megastore uh, the other day, <laughs> hanging out, playing uh, Adam's Family Pinball in the basement um, with some uh, Dutch tourists. And those guys uh, called the Rahalestapa, so I don't know if that's going to catch on. Uh, yeah, so uh, on my way to the theatre this evening, I, uh, I'm trying to give up chocolate. So I uh, stopped off at Sainsbury's and bought a twirl. Uh, it, you know, it's hard. It's, there's a lot of air in that. <laughs> Barely counts. Uh, so, um, and uh, it's a bagging area, automatic bagging area, one of those machines in there. And uh, it's 50p for a twirl. Not bad, actually, is it? I was in WH Smith and paid 96p one for one the other day. So don't shop at WH Smith. That is my advice to you if you're buying twirls. Uh, and uh, uh, and uh, I, I put my 50p in and I noticed in the little coin rejection thing, 45p. Someone else had gone out, hadn't taken their change, little Richie Herring pocketed that. 5p for a twirl, that's how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. Now, but is that, someone got uh, taken to court for um, someone who had been in a cash machine in a shop and dropped 10 pounds and the person picked up the 10 pounds and pocketed the 10 pounds and were taken to court and uh, prosecuted for stealing £10 from that person. Which, you know, is a slightly different example. That genuinely happened. But, you know, ethically, it's a moral maze, isn't it? Have I, done the, I don't know whose 45p it was. You know, should I really have gone up to them and said there was 45p there in the coin? If someone comes back and says, can you hold this for them? And give it to, they basically give 45p to Ian Sainsbury. What would you do? That's the question. What would you do? My, I kept the money. That's what I did in my thought. 5p twirl. I enjoyed my 5p twirl. But I'm going to ask Adam Buxton about that because that's the kind of thing that I think I think he'll have a lot to say about. So will you please, I've given away given away what's coming up. Uh, will you please, well, given away the secret of who the guest is. Uh, and I said when you hear your name, come on. So I'm glad that he didn't. Uh, so will you please, will you please welcome a man. I can't remember how I've introduced him before, what he was best known as before, so I hope it wasn't this. He's probably best known as Louise from Takeover TV. That's why we're here. It's Adam Buxton, ladies and gentlemen. Adam Buxton. Here he comes. Here he is. Welcome. Sit down. Thank you so much. Third time guest, Adam. Third time guest. You're yeah. the first ever third time guest. Thank you. I'm honoured. Well, you were the first ever second time guest as well. Yeah. But you did tell me uh, the last time I saw you... Yeah. That the only other second time guest, David Mitchell, yeah. was funnier overall. <laughs> I think he's uh, almost the, the perfect guest for this podcast. He's more or less the perfect guest for more or less anything. <laughs> he is. Isn't he? And because he treats me, you treat me as an equal, uh, he treats me very much as a, a slightly <laughs> intelligent five year old child. And that is the correct way to deal with me. Um, and. Uh, yeah, so I can't believe... And I was amazed that the last time you were on was uh, three years ago. I know. I just can't believe how quickly those three years... It was a very different world. It was. <laughs> it was a simpler time. It was. So that's incredible. I know. And what have I achieved since then? Well, quite, you've done quite. You've done quite. You got, you got a hat. You didn't have that hat before. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's baseball cap time. Yeah. I've had a few moments recently where I was I suddenly saw my head and um, one time was at the Brixton Academy giving an award to Louis Theroux as part of the NME awards and I uh, 
turned around. First of all, I was very nervous about what I was going to say, and I overthought it. That's one of my favorite things to do is overthink. I like that about you. A situation. I like to overthink everything. And so I overthought that. And I think I spoke about it on my podcast, but I was going to do my Donald Trump joke around the, oh, yes. like at the beginning of the year when everyone, it was award ceremony time and everyone was going on about like, we've got to stick together the artistic community and we've got to, you know, uh, stand up to this kind of thing. And I thought it'd be funny to go on and say, you know, I think it's very important for us all to stick together and, and just give Donald Trump a chance. Because I think he's... <laughs> I think he's got a lot of good ideas and there's uh, no one's really listening to what he has to say and being, they're being quite mean about him, so why don't we all... So, you know, if I'd said that with you guys, it would have gone really well, but at the NME Awards, I chickened out and in the end, I just went for making a joke about how loud it was. I went up there, I said, it's very loud. Uh, when when um, Wiley was playing, my guts were shaking and I thought I was going to do a poo. I mean... <laughs> Because of the bass. And all I could see was um, MIA staring at me and kind of kissing her teeth in a, in a way that I didn't think was positive. <laughs> and, and so then I, I said, all right, well, I, let's, get to the, uh, let's get to the nomination, I said. Right, because I was so flat, you know, I was so like rattled, I, I forgot to say nominations. Right. So she said, let's take a look at the nomination turn around and for a second before the giant screen yeah. cut to the clip package I just saw the back of my head with a huge bald spot oh. and I just thought it's hat time <laughs> and more and more whenever I get the opportunity it's yeah. hat time now yeah, that's fair enough. for a while it was my dad's old cap right. his flat cap so I wore it for sentimental reasons after he died. But then um, I saw a tweet from someone who was saying, why can't we... It was, I can't remember exactly what the wording was, but the implication was stop pretending that you're wearing a flat cap for any other reason than that you're a UKIP voter. Yeah, I was going to say it's got a nuttle overtone. That's a shame, though, isn't it? Is, it? Yeah. I'm not a UKIP voter. <laughs> But you live in Norwich. You must. <laughs> Actually, I think didn't Norwich go Labour? I, well, I think it did. A I lot of these. I think Norwich also was uh, Remain because I did. I was. I, I did a joke in my last tour about wherever I was. I'd say. I'd, I'd say something about how I thought racism was right in the, in the, in the course of a routine, yeah. and then it'd be. A, and I go. Oh, I thought this would go better post Brexit. Uh, and Norwich. <laughs> Norwich was one of the places that they went. Well, actually, we voted Remain. I think so. Yeah. Well, I won't do my Trump joke there. No. Though. Okay. <laughs> when I did my Trump joke in, in at the Hundred Club, uh, it didn't. It went badly. Yeah. And I just there was a guy. There was a period of silence, and then a guy at the back. After I'd said, "Oh, he's got a lot of good ideas, Trump." The guy just goes, "Like what?" <laughs> and at that point, I should have. If I was a better comedian, I would have started reeling off some of his ideas <laughs> and got behind them. <laughs> But I just, I just went, oh, I was joking. <laughs> Sometimes that's the only response yeah. to a heckler. I was, I'm sort of doing jokes. Oh, oh sorry. 
<laughs> didn't realise how it I worked. wasn't being serious. <laughs> I funnily, I think very shortly, maybe after that last podcast, I bumped into you in the streets of Norwich. I summoned you up. Yeah, that fact, was because weird. I was, I was walking. I, got, I went out my. I was on tour in Norwich, whatever year that was. And I went out of my hotel and I turned. I was trying to find the town centre and I turned the wrong way and I ended up doing a massive loop all around Norwich and went through this sort of weird, really old shopping arcade that looked like it was from the 19th. Anglia Square. That is it. I knew you'd know, and that was I felt like I'd gone through good night sweethearting, <laughs> genuinely. And uh, it was really bizarre. And then I kind of was looping around, I was sort of looking at the skyline, trying to spot cathedrals and find my way back. And then I was thinking, oh, God, I'm lost. And, I go, and my phone had run out of battery. I couldn't check my phone. It was ter- terrible. And then suddenly realised how lost you are in the modern world. And I thought, oh, I wonder if I'll bump into Adam Buxton while I'm in Norwich. And literally, five seconds later, a car pulls in front of me into this uh, uh, DIY shop or car Framers shop. shop. Yeah, Framers shop. That's it's right. where I get all the pictures of myself framed. <laughs> And I thought, fucking rude bastard. And then I looked, and you went, and it was, and I'd conjured Adam Buxton up, and he'd say, he said, "Yeah, you are heading in the right direction." That is I where think the I town was, is. I think I was even thinking of you as well because I maybe I saw a tweet that you were in Norwich, or I mm. knew you were doing a show. It was very weird. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that it's not astronomically improbable, but that the timing of it was very odd. But you know, to... what a waste of a coincidence, really. And I was, I was actually <laughs> a. If you'd appeared like an hour earlier, you could have saved me walking all around yeah. Norwich and said you've gone the wrong way there. And B, you know, if there's someone orchestrating all of this, I mean, that seems a very strange use of their powers. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know. There might be some way that it works out. There yeah. might be a punchline to the whole thing that we're not aware well, of. Well, yet. we'll see. Well, when we, at the yeah. end, maybe we'll find out at the end. The end of everything. Yes. Or we'll, uh, we'll find out there's no punchline and uh, God... We'll just say, I was just joking. (laughs) (laughs) It could be, but it was a weird thing. But I still can't, I can't believe three. My wife thinks I'm weird because, like, last we were in Norwich. I go to, I'm I'm usually with my wife in Norwich because she's got friends in Norwich. Uh, and uh, I always get there, and I, whenever I'm on tour, I only get to a town and then think, oh, I know someone in this town, and then my wife thinks I'm weird because I never then just t- tweet you and say, do you want to meet up for a drink? And I think it's too late to tweet you and uh, re- meet up for a drink. Who do you think's right? No, you could definitely do it. I'll respond to yeah. let's meet up for a drink tweets. Yeah. I had a uh, drink with you. Matt Holness. Did you? Yeah. And uh, there's a guy called Baker Terry who does these... He, he is one of the people that does Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Have you no. heard of those? Um, he's just moved to Norwich. I thought, do you find, are you a sociable person? I'm not. I'm, no. I, I'm not, so I won't. So no. I think women find men strange in that, and that they'll get someone and go, you know someone here, why aren't you ringing them up and talking to them and say, let's meet up? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm delighted... The thing is that I, I'm delighted whenever I'm on my own. Yeah. I, I, I stay with a friend. Like tonight, I'm staying with a friend in London, but he's not there. <laughs> and if, if I knew that he was going to be there tonight, I would have got a hotel. <laughs> but the thing is that... Um, and that's not because he's one of my oldest friends. I love him dearly, but it's just that... I value, especially when you have a family and there's a lot of people in the house, you know, you value that time totally alone and when you're on the road. Like, I wouldn't like to be on the road for weeks and weeks. I don't really tour like that. But if I've got a day or two here or there, it's party time. (laughs) I'm going to sit on my own and I'm going to watch a lot of Frank Zappa documentaries. (laughs) 
and I'm not going to have to justify it or argue with it. It is true. Anyone. I mean, like, quite, I don't know if you get this. When I'm on tour, quite a lot of, you know, a fan will say, well, you know, why don't you come and sleep? We've got a spare room. Like, going to the Edinburgh Fringe, often people, we've got a spare room in our yeah. flat. Why don't you come and live in our spare room for the month? You kind of go, well... Didn't cause... you do that once before and it turned out to be a weird shrine? Or am I thinking no, of Alan no, Partridge? Stuart, Stuart, Stuart. Oh, that was Stuart. Stuart did it and then that became Alan Partridge. Right. It definitely happened to Stuart, basically. But it, it, and, and the person... It's such an amazing story, but I think I've told it before. But the person... It was a student. He went to this place. There were posters of, he says himself, but apparently lots of other comedians as well on the wall. There were people watching Animal Farm, the porn version. Oh. Um, in, the, in the lounge, which was where they said they had a spare room. So he had to lie on this mattress while people watched quite hardcore. I mean, yeah, I, mean I don't know if there's any not hardcore animal pornography. <laughs> I suppose where you just see someone teasing the tit of a pig or something. I don't know. <laughs> I think all animal pornography is fairly... <laughs> That's uh, fairly full on. That's a gap in the market you've identified. <laughs> I'm going to get to work. <laughs> Stroking. Ah, but later I discovered the student that Stuart slept on the floor and invites you back to his flat was Christian O'Connell, the DJ, the future DJ. Right. Who, who then defended himself saying there were other... Uh, it wasn't just... But that, yeah. that wasn't just Stuart Lee posters. But that was the impetus that Peter Bainham then took and put that into Alan Partridge. There you go. So, and Stu wrote a film and a book about... And a routine about the, the pig fucking, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that It wasn't just about that. That would be quite a... It was just a film of a man watching hardcore <laughs> That is just animal pornography. Isn't have it? you That's ever? Uh, uh, we don't away. need to spend a long time on this, but I'm yep. curious to know if have you ever watched porn with a group of people? Um, I did when on a stag night. We we as an ironic joke, one of the boys brought along a quite hardcore pornography video, and this was before the internet really taken off as a as a place where you could watch these things yeah. quite easily. Uh, and I found it qu- quite embarrassing. Uh, and slightly ne- I never understood it. No. You know, that's, that's for private time. It's a solo moment, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe just, that's my problem. Yeah. I don't know. I think pornography is very embarrassing. I was backstage. I was filming with Jessica Nappett, and I was, wanted to check something on the internet, and I realised the thing, the thing that comes up first, if you put www in there, it is a, a pornography site. Do you not have... And uh, Jessica Knappett was disgusted Don't with you me. use Google Chrome? <laughs> no, I don't. Come on, mate. <laughs> it's got the... The whole point is it's got the incognito window, <laughs> a.k.a. the wanky window. And it pops up. And it's all grey, and it's got a little... It's got a little picture of a guy in a uh, trilby with his collar pulled up. With shades on, like you're on spy business. <laughs> and of course, actually, the, the, the graphic should just be the same guy, but with his knob out. <laughs> and whatever you do in the, in the, within the confines of the wanky window okay. is, is not supposedly logged in your history. Okay. And doesn't pop up at you know, opportune moments. I'm not really moments. ashamed of it, you know. I don't, I'm not bothered about it. Am I don't think my wife would mind. No, there's no... Well, I don't know. I'm not... But pornography in general is... It's, it's, you know, it would be better if it didn't exist. <laughs> to engage your imagination. Well, that's true. I mean, you know... And also to... Do you remember in the old days when you used to have to... Occasionally you have to have a, a wank again where you have to use your imagination. And it's very... It's, it's a very strange experience. LAUGHTER 
But that used to be that used to be the whole time. That used to be everything after the And now you know I managed to do it and I didn't just use my brain. Yeah. Might be about being old as well. It's uh, a good feeling. So if you um, were at a uh, supermarket, and uh, I think this is a very Adam Buxton, um, you know, conundrum. Oh, yeah. I, w- I bought a 12 from Sainsbury's. It cost 50p. I put 50p in the machine. Yeah. And then as I put the 50p in, I noticed there was 45p in the coin tray already that someone had forgotten to pick oh, up the yes. chain. So I got a 12 for 5p. I, pocket- I delightfully and delightedly pocketed the 45p what would adam buxton do now i didn't see the, the person had long gone i didn't see that it wasn't like i'd seen them not take it and then waited and jumped and pocketed it there was no way of finding the person would you keep the 45p that's yours yeah, yeah. that's a bonus that's yeah. that's uh that's a cosmic bonus <laughs> i mean it's derisory considering all the um nightmarishness that the cosmos is trying to offset yeah with <laughs> It's sort of saying, well, you know, ISIS, but free 12. Yeah. Or at least 12 for 5p. It won't, even, it won't even give it you free. It's just saying, listen, I appreciate that there's some horrible, horrible stuff going on. But look, you can have this for 5p. <laughs> Yeah. So what about that? What yeah, no, the, I would take it, yeah, sure. What if the person then ran back into the shop? You'd already pocketed the money. Uh, went, I, oh, my 45p, would you just walk away? Or would you say, hey, I... I would probably give it to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just feel guilty all the time and I'm worried I'm going to get busted for all sorts of things. So I do appreciate an opportunity to be upstanding. But I I get in... Today, I got into a confrontation. Well, after a a long period of thinking, oh, I think I'm out of my confrontation phase. Maybe I'm (laughs) sort of growing up a little bit. I don't know. And I was at Cambridge Station at the WH Smiths there Mm -hmm. getting my... 12s and 96p. And they're very expensive in WH Smith. That's outrageous. Well, I'm unlikely to get a free one after today. Yeah. <laughs> I go there all the time. There's always the same guy there, although today there were three serving people behind the counter. I don't know if they were trainees or what, but they were there in force. And I was, I'd been asked by my friend that I'm staying with, in fact, if I could pick up a pack of tobacco. And I know what kind of tobacco he likes, but I couldn't remember the name. comes in a green packet. Don't remember the name. So I went up and I said, oh, can I have a pack of tobacco? Yeah, what kind? Uh, I don't remember the name. Can I just see the, the, the tobacco stuff? No. <laughs> because they're behind these big black shutters now, right? Yeah. So you have to be over 18. And I'm like, okay, uh, can I... Seriously, can I, I can't see, can I just have a quick look and then I'll buy the one I want? No, you can't. Why is that? Because it's illegal. (laughs) Right. Uh, Okay, but I mean, how do, I mean, you open it when people buy (laughs) cigarettes though, right? Yeah. So if I just say that I'm going to have some more lights, then you'll have to open it and give them to me. Uh, and he was like, well, do you want some Marble Lights? I was like, uh, yes, okay, can I have a pack of Marble Lights? And so the, the, the lady who was there, who looked furious with me already, was just sort of like, what's your fucking problem? She was looking at me. And she kept on going, no, it's illegal, do you want us to lose our jobs? I was like, no, I just want some fucking tobacco and I can't remember the name of it. 
So, so I go, yeah, I'll have a pack of more Blights then. <laughs> and by the way, I have no intention of buying the more Blights, I said. And she said, oh, well, then you can't have them. I was like, no, okay, sorry. Please, I would like a pack of more Blights. <laughs> so she goes up to the... She stands in front of the cupboard. <laughs> literally like that. And she opens it a crack, reaches in, grabs them, and then closes it again. And so that would be eleven ninety nine. thank you. How much it was. I was like, oh no, I've changed my mind, I don't want them now. <laughs> and she said, well, you should go. I said, why can't I just see what I'm buying? And the thing, the thing that was winding me up was how they were just falling back on saying, it's the rules, it's the rules, <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. get arrested. Obviously, I knew that there was some goofy rule about you can't display them openly for underage people you have to be over 18 but I since checked the actual ruling if you are over 18 of course you can fucking look at the fucking <laughs> things to see what you're fucking buying but you have to be over 18 Jesus Christ but these people they, they were digging in so hard and just saying no no it's illegal do you want us to pay a thousand pound fine and lose our jobs I was like wait 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 just explain to me, like, I, wanted to, I wanted them to be able to say like, what the reason for the rule was so that I could say, yes, you're protecting children with this rule. Clearly, I'm over 18. <laughs> but we never got to that point. And instead, I got my phone out and I started recording. Because <laughs> I thought, well, this, I don't know, it might be fun for the podcast or something. <laughs> So I got out my phone and I, I started pressing record and, the, and the, the three of them were staring at me by that time. This, this lady was getting really upset. And by the way, I had been scrupulously polite. No swearing, no, no uh, you know, name calling. No. So it's pretty great from Buckles. And so I start, I start recording on my phone and I start saying... Right, so I'm here at Cambridge Station. I'm trying to buy some tobacco. I can't remember the name of it, but they won't let me look in the cupboard. And at that point, the woman just runs off to the corridor light behind the stockroom, grabs the phone off the wall and goes, Get me the police! I need the police! There's a very disruptive customer in the shop. He's causing all kinds of trouble. And then one of the other shop assistants sort of runs over to her and goes, I don't, I don't think we need them. He's, he's got a pink Brompton. Look at <laughs> And I was saying right the way through, like, I'm not trying to wind you guys up. I'm really not. I just... We're human beings. <laughs> this is silly. We're, but we're all grown-up people. Yeah. And you're just, you, you're just sort of mouthing these rules as if... And, and you're not thinking about why they're there and, and what the reason for them is, you know. There's no children even in this shop. <laughs> This is madness. And, and, and the weird thing is that, that at the end of it, you know, you're, it's madness anyway because you're buying tobacco and that's madness. That's a form of madness as well, isn't it? To hasten your own demise. And I just thought, it's, everything's fucking mad. This is madness. There's no way we can survive. But that was Cambridge. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen in London. Londoners stick together. But for me, those those moments are few and far between. For me, that's gold. You know, something like that happens to me. It's gold dust. Like I was before the shows. I was, t- I was talking about the, a fight I had when I was just approaching being forty. 
And, you know, it meant I had 15 minutes for the show that I was about to do, right. you know, straight away. And that story is immediately just... That's a, that's a complete routine. So I, I, had a, I had a confrontation with a postman that we talked about, I think, in the, quite recently in the podcast. So I won't go through the whole thing again. But I was actually quite pleased with it because it was te- almost 10 years to the day since I had this proper fight with someone. Yeah. And he was very angry with me because I posted too many Kickstarter awards into all the post boxes. Uh, and, uh, and then I went up to him and said, can you put these in the van? He went, no, I can't fucking put them in the van. You, you're such a selfish man. He was furious with me. And we had about a 10-minute, this quite heated discussion, but by the end of it, we were sort of friends, and it felt, you know, I, I shook his hand and said, look, I'm sorry. We'd made each other laugh a little bit. He was quite a cool, nice guy, and I realised I was partly to blame, but not really. That's a good feeling. You know, really, I, I, yeah. I like it when they and go like that. And then I walked that. away and I actually felt... That I was saying to people earlier that punching someone in the face feels amazing. But actually walking away from that thinking, oh, actually we had a proper fight. Oh, but we, we, but, there was actual... Well, no, we, we had a proper argument. Right. But we, we, went, we both went away from it feeling like, okay... We're, we're okay with this. There was no physical... There was no physical fight. He was very... In the, he, was in the, he was sort of in the right... Except he said, I'm going to open one of these and find out your name and I'm going to get the, you fined. You're going to have to pay for this. And I said, well, you know, have I, have I not paid £500 worth of postage? Was that not the payment yeah. to put this in a post box? So, you know, it is when you get those, those two things colliding and they're in a bad mood and you've done... So, you know, I'd literally ruined his day by filling four post boxes with... with uh, Emergency question: Kickstarter books. Uh, so, uh, but it's you know, I, I, it's not as good as that story. So you know, I'm going to pretend that happened. But to I me. no, but I, 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 I wish that I wish that we had made friends at the end. I even yeah. went up to the guy uh, as I was leaving the store, realizing because he he went off to help a customer with some water that wasn't included in the um, meal deal. <laughs> and. I thought, I don't, you know, I see this guy all the time. This is nuts, you know, this is daft. So I went up and I was like, maybe he, maybe I just, they just were irritated by me. I don't know what. But I, I went up and I said, listen, I'm really sorry. I wasn't trying to, like, wind you up. And he just said, well, I know, but there's no answer to it, really. You're going to have to get in contact with the government. But it's a, you know, so it's a very unusual thing when something resolves and you both more or less feel, you know, because people harbour grudges, don't they? People, and, you know, forever. Yeah, man. And, like, you know, so that, all that's happening in politics now, I was saying in the, in the last week's pod, podcast, uh, they're a much better audience last week. Uh, but um, they, uh, you know, the, you, I, I tweeted things about the Labour Party six weeks ago and then people have waited six weeks to come back oh are you going to eat your words now and, they, <laughs> and they've just sort of delighted not going yeah but nobody could have really foreseen this six weeks ago so yeah. if you if you did you were insane six weeks ago and I'm also delighted about what's happened so it doesn't matter but it's sort of like the way that people will hold on to something and want to you know it's, it's very difficult to let things go. So it's nice to, in my story, that. And you attempted to let that go. Yeah. So, you know, and you had done absolutely nothing. It's a no, pretty, it's I pretty... mean, it was weird because usually I'm, I'm much more in the wrong than that. Yeah. <laughs> but it was weird this time. I, I like, like the ones when you're in the wrong the most. Oh, God. But, uh... I mean, I, I, t- I talked on, my, on the Six Music Show years ago. In fact, it was one of the anecdotes where things got very frosty in the studio <laughs> because Joe. <laughs> didn't know he felt it, it made him uncomfortable because it was it reflected very badly on me and so he then felt that it reflected badly on him by proxy so he was just squirming and he's like this is no good for anyone this story <laughs> and then 
our, our producer James Sterling, he didn't actually do the cut gesture, but it was, he was reaching for it. And it was basically about me getting a ticket when I still lived in London. And uh, I'd, uh, it was, we were in the process of moving out of London. So we no longer had residence parking. I had a book of, of uh, temporary parking permits. Yeah. And so every time I got to the house, because we I, I was very gradually moving all my stuff out of there, every time the, I drove the car to the house, I would have to run into the house, grab a permit. Obviously, the most sensible thing would have been to keep them in the car, <laughs> but I would never remember. So I, I had to run into the house, grab a permit, and stick it in the car. And one time I did it, and in the space, literally 30 seconds of me running into the house and grabbing a permit, I got a ticket. Right. And I just fucking lost it. <laughs> And said, and just went, you are making things worse in the world. <laughs> you know, I, all the cliches, all the pathetic, small man things to say to someone who is just trying to do his job. I went for every single one. And then at a certain point, out of sheer desperation, latched onto the fact that at one point, this guy who was, you know, weathering all my nonsense, just went, ah. Oh, after one particularly bad point that I made, he said, nigger, please. And he, he was a, a person of colour, right? Okay. So he felt within his rights to use that expression. Yeah. But I, I said, how dare you? How dare you? That is utterly unacceptable language. That is the most offensive thing I have ever heard. I am going to report you. You can't use language like that. And I just went for that, milked it for ages. And then, and then I ended up stomping down the street, filming him on my phone. Uh, and then he called the cops. And then at that point, I said, please, please don't call the cops. Please. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm having a bit of a breakdown, and I'm very sorry. Um, and, and then we had the, the same sort of thing that you described, where we ended up shaking hands, and he actually said to me, like a film, you know, I think it, if it was, like, different circumstances, we could probably get on pretty well. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it was, quite, it was quite beautiful. But only after, <laughs> only after something that was really grotesque. Yeah. And, and sort it's... of left, you, left me feeling insane and frightened for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's thrilling. I mean, that's, you know, it's a thrilling thing when well, the life overspills in that way and you lose your... You feel alive! Your, yeah. I mean, I do it with my wife all the time. I'm always arguing with my wife. Yeah, know. but are you good at the apology section? No. Ah. No, I just go and sulk until she forgets. Uh, <laughs> I thought we'd established no one forgets. <laughs> um, so yeah, so but you know to actually have a contretemps in real life with someone is. I just, but I think as you get older, I think it becomes you know I don't in a way that's not true though is it because a lot of old people are the worst at it aren't they? Yeah. And by the way, I'm shocked that I actually used that expression. I in the past I've told that story. Obviously, when I told it on Six Music, I said N word. Yeah. But uh, it's been so long. It's such, it's, it's such a shocking word, it is. isn't it? Oh, dear, it's terrible. Um, it would have been the wrong decision to, to use it on six music. <laughs> <laughs> but it was... Um, I said piss on six music and they nearly, they nearly shut the station down. Oh. I, dro- I dropped a coffee on myself and, you know, and we're... 
And I was talking, oh, no. And then I went, oh, it looks like I pissed myself, I think is what I said. Really? Yeah. And then I had to do an apology. Five minutes later, I had to apologise. And there was quite a, quite a big hoo-ha. That's bad. Yeah. yeah. It was never, it was always uncomfortable whenever things like that happened. Yeah. Everyone got so upset. I mean, six music, though, anything would go, you know, piss is fine, isn't it? You would think. It's you all know. about rock and roll. It is. Who's listening? I mean, it's people who <laughs> listen to naughty music with swearing words. It is, yeah. You'd think. Um, let's have a look at what I, because I'm, well, let's talk about your podcast. You came up with this good idea of uh, interviewing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sort of comedian celebrities, and you've turned into quite the success. Yeah, award-winning. Yeah, we've had we've had uh, amazing guests on there. We had uh, uh, Rich Herring, <laughs> uh, Scroobius Pip. Uh, I'm basically just going to reel through a load of people who were on your podcast first. But that's the way it works. No, well, Angus, it? you've had a lot. You've, we, we, it's been a bit a bit of both, and you've managed to get some people that. I, well, I think because the, the nice thing about your one, I think, is that you go where they are. Yeah. Rather than saying you have to come here. And a lot of people get put off by the idea of, you, know, you can understand. I mean, look, uh, look at some of the people who are you know, literally within, they could spit at you here or throw, yeah. throw their excrement. <laughs> and they have done on many occasions. So it's a, that's quite an intimidating thing for... Indeed. Someone like Michael Palin, who I would, is my absolute dream guest, who you got, and it's a beautiful... I'm, you know, I don't think I could do anything uh, approaching what you did with Michael Palin. I would have been keen to hear who would have been in his human centre. <laughs> <Yeah>, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, problem, the ones that people I'm in awe of, I find it very difficult to... To A, to do that, but also to resist the, uh, resist the urge to ask them the most inappropriate <laughs> well, questions. exactly. Just knowing it will ruin the everything. You know, you built up a nice... That's imagine your... you've built up a nice report yeah. with Michael Palin, you've talked about uh, the death of your father and, the, and it's, uh, the illness of his friend. Yeah. And then you go, have you ever tried to suck your own... <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I would do. <laughs> but, it's, but ultimately, that is... The right thing to do. <laughs> yeah. That's why your podcast is very funny and good. And I've listened to more episodes of your podcast than any other and liked them. Like, I listen to many other podcasts, but you go through phases with them. You know, you fall in and out of love with them. And uh, I don't think I've ever really fallen out of love with yours. And I'm constantly surprised by it. Who was the... What's the name of the, the um, Tourette's hero yeah, lady? Yeah, Jessica uh, Tom. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I, and I was thinking, like, what other podcast would be like this, this combination of surprising, interesting, funny, weird, spontaneous stuff. It was, it was brilliant, an eye-opener. So, listeners, if you haven't heard that one, which episode is it? <laughs> oh, God, oh, no, it's about 130-something. Jess Tom. Jess Tom. It's um, really great, because I didn't know about her. And, no. And, and I just, well, I that's the nice through. thing, but you do. I mean, you have a nice mix as well. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting. I think both of us are doing something we really enjoy doing. It's, yeah. a, it's such a pleasure doing this show. Like I was just saying, like back, backstage and here is such nearly always just incredibly good fun. So it's a it's a lovely job to do, and we're both creating a world that's our own world, and we're in charge of that world in both the things we do. Um, I did it first, uh, and uh, you, you came on and said, "Oh, I'll I'll do that then and win all the awards then," <laughs> <laughs> and managed to somehow transfer it into getting onto TV as well. I don't know how you did that. Uh, so <laughs> I've been I've been banned. <laughs> no, I'm ahead in the. I'm ahead in a jar in the new. Yeah, you are. Crystal so Maze reboot. Yeah. yeah. How was that? Have you recorded those already? Yeah, yeah. I mean that was uh, 
four not very strenuous days' work. <laughs> it's like, you know, in Futurama, they have their heads in the yeah. jars, same sort of thing. They've got a future zone in this reboot of The Crystal Maze, hosted by Richard A. Awadi. And um, I am the head in the jar. They haven't even bothered to make it look as if my head is floating in the jar. <laughs> it's clearly just a guy with his head stuck through a jar. And also, also they designed it so that it looked okay from a certain camera position but actually when you go behind the the set and stick your head through it it's unbelievably uncomfortable (laughs) and you're in this sort of precarious position and they put out a couple of pillows or something but depending on how long and and i give riddles to the people who go in there and if they get the riddle right they get a crystal and depending on uh how long it took them to do the riddles i was sometimes stuck in this like really difficult position trying to hold my head a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Up through this hole for about 15 minutes. And, uh, you know, I'm nearly 50. And so... My, that I'd get pins and needles in my legs and I wouldn't really be able to walk when, when I finished. you out the answers. It's fish! Yeah. It's, oh, man. It was very... Most of the riddles, they didn't get right at all. Um, and I felt like, oh, this is weird. Why isn't it... This should be easier. I thought these riddles were quite easy. I retooled some of them to try and make them more accessible. But it was good fun, though. Yeah, yeah. They built a massive, great set out there in Bristol at the, right. the Bottle Yard or whatever it's called. It's huge studios out there and... It looks magnificent. Richard is very funny. I really had to do about 15, 20 minutes of work (laughs) a day, and that was it. And they had good Wi-Fi in the dressing room, so (laughs) it was fun. That's very exciting. Um, And, well, you got to go... You went to America as well with your your podcast. Yeah, I did, I did. So how are you you funding all of this? Are you doing this all... Are you managing to do this through the the sponsorships? Yeah, yeah. So it's good old Squarespace. Yeah. Where, where would the podcasting world be without Squarespace? I turned them down. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you uh, don't do any ads, though, right? I don't. Weirdly, on this one, 
I've done, which I'm, I meant to ask about it backstage. Oh, you do sort of. Um, well, I, I promise this. On this one, I've done a thing as if you were watching at the beginning, I've, uh, I've changed energy providers. And I think you might have you mentioned oh, this. Bulb, yeah. Yeah. And so now we're competing on this. But I, <laughs> I think they're quite good, and they haven't, they haven't asked me to, to sponsor the thing. Uh, so I thought I'd just mention they were good. Right. But then also, if you give a code out and people want to change their energy provider to that, they get a £50 credit, and I get a £50 credit, and I hopefully never have to pay for energy ever again. Right. Well, they, they supposedly... Um, and they're ethical. It's renewable energy, and they're one of the, they're, yep. it's cheaper. It is currently so, cheaper. Uh, but also, by, not, by them not paying me, and um, I can, if they're shit... I can in the next podcast go, no, don't go with them. They were, they were yeah. awful. We Thanks tr- for the £50. Pounds. We, we tried to switch to Bulb, um, but we weren't eligible because we're out in a part of the country and that our meter system isn't uh, compatible. Uh, so I'm still planning on doing it. They sound pretty shit, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, the, the sponsorship is good. I mean, I, every now and again, I will come across that Bill Hicks routine <laughs> where he's just going on about Jay Leno doing uh, Doritos ads or whatever and saying, you know, if you, if you do an ad, you're off the artistic roll <laughs> yeah, call yeah. for life. No exceptions. Well, maybe Willie Nelson. Um, but, and, and it always chastens me and makes me feel a little bit queasy. But then I just think, well, Bill... It's a different world <laughs> now. Uh, the podcast model and the funding model wasn't something that Hicks was familiar with, and I'm sure he wouldn't have. I'm sure he wouldn't have done that routine if Squarespace had been around. In but if you're, if you're using that money to go and do podcasts elsewhere, then yes, yeah. you know. It's... Yeah, here's the thing, right? Because I, I do think about crowdfunding and Patreon and things like that, but. How does it work with you? I would think that if, if, if that was my only funding model, source of income, whatever, to cover costs for the podcast, I would feel that I had to put all that money in a pot and I wasn't allowed to touch it for anything other than the podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's the deal, right? Yeah, it sort of is. It becomes complicated by the fact that, like, Kickstarters, doing the Kickstarter is actually much more complicated than doing the show. Right. So Chris Evans, not that one, uh, basically works for about two months fulfilling all these pledges and doing all this stuff. That's the thing. So that, you yeah. can't just go... To begin with, I was very much like, no, all the money goes back in the podcast, but you're paying people to do the, the jobs that they're doing. So, you know, I think, I think that I, I think with this, and what I'm trying to do with this is get everyone to give me a pound a month. Or buy... You know, if everyone who listened to the podcast bought my emergency questions book from gofasterstripe.com... Yeah. Uh, at ten pounds each, that would be t- two million pounds. I would have. So uh, then, I, then I could do some exciting stuff. And you know, that, I think that the money from that does does all go back into into making more podcasts. And that doesn't seem like that much to ask, really. If you've like enjoyed one hundred and fifty podcasts I'm but, and look- still get a book of uh, questions that will be interesting in a I'm looking social at situation. The, uh, emergency questions book now. It's open to uh, page sixty. First question: Are you a racist? <laughs> That is, and then it says underneath NB. They'll probably say no, but you might catch one out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy it. Yeah, I'll, g- I'll give you one for free. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was the thing though, because I, I was I, I suddenly got into this scenario where it's like, well, if the podcast goes well, and it is, I do enjoy doing it, but it is very time consuming. Yeah, yeah. And easily every other thing that I have in my stupid career may fall away. And then I'm not allowed to use any of the money <laughs> that I'm generating from this thing other than for more episodes of the podcast. Yeah. So if one of my family gets terminally <laughs> ill and, and I need to uh, get a bit of extra 
It's healthcare. a complicated thing, and I think it comes from sort of English or British embarrassment. And we, you know, and, I, and I, when I started off, I was a, I wasn't charging anyone anything for any of the podcasts. Mm. I, I then I thought, well, if we charge people, then we might be able to do more interesting stuff and bigger, bigger shows. And you know, like if I if I could raise a huge amount of money, it would be like let's make a film, let's make a sitcom, let's you know. So it's all to make more stuff. But I was actually on a panel with Roman Mars, uh, who's a big American podcaster, and uh, he was on in on the screen and he couldn't believe that i wasn't taking any money at all for myself from it so i think there but but with me it works because people come and see my tour yeah and you know people come see this show and i get some of the money from the audience here and so you know it it does it does become a a way of making some money but it's you know uh, i I think it's it's interesting but I, i but i also think you sort of probably have to do you have to think of some way to do it a lot of people come to me and ask about kickstarters and you go i think the reason my kickstarters have worked is because i gave five years of free stuff or you know i give a lot of free stuff and yeah. i give quite a good reward so people do are happy to do it every now and again but it's you know it's, it's quite a complicated way of it really is i mean I I, I, I I i justify it for myself by keeping my ads fairly short they're yeah. at the beginning generally and they're funny as well you do i a try really i try job, to man. make them fun unfortunately my lack of musical skills means that more <laughs> or less all my songs sound the same <laughs> so uh, it's it's extremely good um are you, has has the uh, has your relationship with Rolf Harris going? I always check. Uh, in. I check in every three what's years. What's his status? Does he well, he's out. out. He's out now, and I think he was uh, found remarkably innocent. Was the he? Last, I think. The, I, I believe that's what happened the last time, or at least not guilty. Ruffle, good one. Yeah. So he's. I think he's. Uh, he's. Uh, he's out. But there's. You know. I think his name has been tarnished. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he won't be drawing a portrait of the Queen again. <laughs> was he oh I've got to find out about this hey I'll tell you one thing I was going to ask you about yeah. about like stories and things that you're not quite clear on that you need to look up is you know you've mentioned a few times on this podcast why is it that Kevin Bacon did those yeah. ads so do you know the answer I to do that? know the answer because people right. tell me every time I mention it oh, but I still I see, don't okay. I still don't so still he was in the Ponzi it. he was caught up in the Ponzi scheme I, I wouldn't pronounce it Ponzi Ponzi <laughs> Ponzi I'd emphasize the Z to take it Ponzi. away Ponzi, yeah. <laughs> but I still Bernie think... Madoff is the person that fucked yeah. him over, yeah. Yeah. But I would still argue that he's probably made enough money. There's back. other ways there's other ways <laughs> to make money than And to he, he's the... probably got all that back and he's still carrying on dressed up in his brit. And it's you know, fuck it. Like, I mean I'm d i am I used to really be have a you know, be Bill Hicks about all sure. that sort of stuff. And I'm really not now because I think I think anything you do and you can say you know, oh, you know, you're doing a you're doing a show on any commercial channel. You're funded by advertising. Yeah, you know, and you know, everything's you're selling something. I mean, if you're you selling yourself, at, yeah, at the very at the very least. So. Occasionally, I'll find myself reading YouTube comments for this and that clip from the BBC or whatever, and the arguments raging under there between people who are convinced that the BBC is just uh, a bastion of left wing bias, and then other just as many people yeah. who say that they're, they're all right-wingers, they're all fascists, and, you know, it's... Yeah, you can't win. No, you can't win. And with a large corporation, there's going to be uh, unpleasant aspects about them, and that's why I stick to vegetarian shoes. That's <laughs> <laughs> my sponsor. <laughs> but I also think, it, I think it's a slightly patronising attitude towards the public, which I think is a problem with a lot of these things. So all the thing with the Daily Mail and the... The sun, people going, oh, they're, t- they're polluting people's minds. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're brainwashing. And then nobody votes, you know, everyone votes against what the yeah. <laughs> Daily Man and the Sun said in any case. And I don't think people are, you know, I don't think people are listening to you going, oh, Adam Buxton just 
mention Squarespace, I better build my own website because uh, Adam, I love Adam Buxton and he'll be cross with me if I don't build it. If you yeah. listen to that and think, oh, I want to build a, a website and I want £10 off or 10% off or whatever it is, then yeah, go for it. Yeah. And if you don't, then it's paid for, the, it's paid for everything else. I so think, I, think, I don't think people are stupid. People re- watch adverts and know that they're a load of shit. You know? In the depths of my uh, Bill Hicks-induced anxiety... <laughs> One time I made a, I went and researched all the people I respect who've done adverts <laughs> to try and cheer myself up, make myself feel less of a filthy <laughs> whore. David Lynch, he's done loads. Hello, yeah. With that, so, um, that surprised me. Nissan, PlayStation, Adidas, Japanese Georgia coffee with Carl McLachlan as a Twin Peaks guy. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alka Seltzer, Rene Magritte. His clients were Belgian bookshops, a jeweller, and Alfa Romeo. <laughs> Ridley Scott, obviously, Salvador Dali, Andy Warhol, Michelle Gondry, they've all done it. Yeah. Dirty fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, well, let's, uh, I'll, ask, I'll ask you, uh, let's, I'll pick an emergency question for you just for the. I, I was. Uh, were you hit by the death of Roger Moore? That's not the emergency question. Uh, I. Uh, I felt sad about it. It wasn't. It was not Bowie proportions. No, you met. Me. You d- interviewed him, didn't you, Roger Moore? You and yes. You well, and, jo- Joe yeah. was the big uh, Roger Moore obsessive. Yeah. And Joe sort of froze up um, <laughs> with excitement at having Sir Roger there in the studio. And we didn't really have guests on our Six Music show, so it was very unusual. Yeah, that's right. But he was really charming. Yeah. Really sweet and like responded the nicest possible way you could in that sort of situation. He wasn't patronising at all. He was just. Un- unruffled and uh, you know he's he's lovely. No. He was, um, but uh, no, not anymore. A woman. Um, which was your favourite McWhorter twin? Ross. Ross. Yeah. Which one? Which one got killed? Ross was the one who was murdered by the RA. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're both dead now. Right. I'd heard stories about Norris McWhorter. They used to. Um, he was. They were. I mean, they were quite unpleasant uh, right wing gentlemen both of them and uh, norris was especially uh, of that persuasion really and the uh, someone who worked on record breakers told me they used to deliberately surround him with as many children from ethnic minorities as they could <laughs> in order to in order to upset him so he could that do... seems it, it seems strange that um roy castle would hang out with him. yeah he couldn't have been like well that. the thing with them at work twins is they no one else could do that job could they because they learned the fucking book right so you know they, they were in they didn't matter what they thought no one could step in yeah can go oh <laughs> I did a good noise when you told me that he'd been killed by the IRA. Yeah. I went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my atrocity noise. Whenever I hear some new horrible attack. What is your favourite fraction? Favourite? Fr- Can I ask what yours is first? Um, I quite like um, three-eighths, I would say. I like two-thirds. Yeah, two-thirds is good. Because that's probably where I'm at in my life. <laughs> yeah. If I'm lucky. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. I'm turning 50 in one month from the date of this recording. Yes. Uh, and you are, you've just turned 48, I think, if you've just had your birthday. That's right, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So if, are you feeling the approach of 50 clawing uh, Oh, I soul? thought you were going to say the scythe. <laughs> yes, would be the answer to that. No, I am, I am. I'm, uh, I think, fairly... Yeah, I've been bollocking on about it to a lot of my guests on the podcast. But yeah, since my dad died, it's just all completely 
crashed down on me the whole mortality. Yeah, I, but your dad was a, a pretty was old, old man. Yeah, but I was cheering myself up with that fact and thinking, <laughs> and kind of thinking, oh yeah, my dad, he lived to 91, nearly 92. I'm going to live to 91, nearly 92. But I don't take care of myself. <laughs> the way that my dad, I mean, my dad was, you know, he, he wasn't like a model of uh, super fitness or anything. But he did like smoke right the way through the Second World War and uh, drink booze a great deal through the rest of his life. And, you know, so I was hopeful. But then everyone I've spoken to since then has been like a close friend of mine. We were talking about this the other day and he said, nah, 70. (laughs) (laughs) Probably 70. That's, you know, and and I always look through the obituaries and stuff, and yeah. it's a lot of 70s. There are, yeah, there was a lot. 68, 70s. I think that's the age yeah. for, for our generation. That's projected curtains. Right. Uh, especially That's with still 20 years. 22 years. 20, that's I mean, I know, nothing like, these I days. I mean, it's like unbelievable. So, so three years since that's I saw you, I, I would have literally said that was 18 months, yeah. Jen. So, like, if that I could have been... If you told me it was six months ago, I would have believed you. Yeah. I can, you know, it was very fresh in my mind uh but yeah so those three years going very fast it's that's going 10 years since i was 40 you know 40 was a big deal i'm not that worried about 50 i mean i'm slightly worried about those th- i'm slightly worried yeah. about. well um when did you have you had a crisis already yeah, i mean i think 40 i was fairly how did it manifest itself well i was single so it was i was getting drunk and hanging around with people in their 20s and fighting university lecturers and I was really up I mean I was I was counting down the days you how know. are you fighting university lectures I had a fight with a university lecture that was my fist fight that I had when I was 40 uh, what was it about uh, history well, uh, no it was about him he'd been an appalling dick basically and he'd and, and got into an argument with some young women that I was attempting to have sex with right uh, and so well one of them I was or two if I got lucky but uh, and uh, <laughs> Uh, and then, then he got violent towards them, and then he was dragged out of the bar, but then he waited outside the bar for us and then launched himself at me. And I would usually, any other time, I would have walked away from it, but I was just completely... And I, and what I did, he, did, did he What did he, he go for? Me. So he tried Punch to kick the... this girl. He tried to kick this girl downstairs, what? and all his friends dragged him out. He's a cad! He was an awful man. <laughs> and, he's, you know, then it turned out he was a university lecturer after all this, which is kind of even oh. worse. Uh, what, did, what did he lecture in? I don't know. I think I, I, I did meet someone. It was a very complicated thing. I met, met someone I think who knew him. Um, it was Paul again. It was about. It, it was all came. It was sort of a race thing as well because the girl. He was this girl I was with had taken dislike to him. We were having a conversation about Big Brother, and it was the week where the lady said the N word that you said earlier, right? Uh, <laughs> and I would never say. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, so we were having that discussion about race, and she was saying she thought racism was funny because it was so ridiculous that being racist was ridiculous, so she found it funny. I said, yeah, probably don't ever say that out loud to anyone, <laughs> but I get, I get what you're talking about. But then this, she, this guy gave his business card to this a girl that he fancied, and, and she handed it around, and this girl started ripping up this guy's business card, which was a sort of odd thing to do. Whoa. And he said, why did you do that? And she said, it's because I am a racist. Oh. Uh, and uh, Which didn't make much sense to me. He was, he was white, and she was white, and everyone was white. And then he went, my wife is black! And then, went, and then flew into a tizzy. I don't understand why that really makes any difference. And also, why was he chatting up that girl uh, and giving her a business card? So, it, but I think, having met some people, I think he was sort of lying. He, was, he, had, a, he had a friend who was black or something. That is, that is, that's exactly the kind of night that I do not miss. Yeah. That's the sort of thing that marriage cures. Yeah. 
Or at least it's supposed to. Well, you know, I'm delighted. I mean, I sh- shortly after that, within a few months, I'd met my wife and everything changed for the better. And that was, so I had a, that was a very stabilising influence, in, yeah. in, you know, and, and saved me, really. I think if I hadn't had that happen, I mean, I think it would have happened somehow, you know, someone with some, some, some idiot who <laughs> fell in love with me. But, uh, but uh, you know, I think if I hadn't, I would have been screwed. Yeah, because I would just been carrying on drinking, and it was already getting to the point where it was. Now at fifty, the idea of spending a night drinking with someone who's twenty-two seems insane. Like yeah. just like we're on two different, such different continents that that just you know, and certainly in a romantic way, just probably seems on incontinence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there at forty, it's, you know, it felt sort of weird and a bit wrong, but yeah. just about acceptable. So it's, it's you know, there's a, there's a big change in those ten years, but those ten years have gone so fast. That's, that's, so that's the scary... I mean, a lot has happened and lots of great stuff's happened, but, it's, but then that's the thing, going ten years to... That's it. I think when, if you die in your 50s, people go, oh, God, that's... But if you die in your 60s, people go, yeah. yeah. He had his chance. <laughs> <laughs> he did and so, he you did. know, I'm 11... Oh, well, I'm ten years, two months... Well, ten years and a, a month and a day away from being in my sixties, yeah. so you know that's that's kind of terrible. And, and my kids will be uh, teenagers as I'm as I'm <laughs> coping with that, which will be which will be another story. Uh, does it? Do you hate hearing people talk about it? I mean, I, I like it personally. Um, but... I do. I really talk about. It. My wife won't let me talk about it anymore because I'm always talking about. Oh, what, really? Yeah, I, I'm always saying that what she should do if I die and have you written I'm a... always working out what we should do if there's a terrorist attack where we are and I'm always giving her advice about what she must do that sounds sensible yeah. uh, and, uh, sounds very sensible and I'm ready to chuck myself in I mean, the, the, as terrible as all that uh, London Bridge stuff obviously was the stories you get of the guys who stood up to that are just phenomenal and though, when you think about it um they had from their point of view, they had bombs on them, and yeah. people were going and confronting them. So I would hope that you know you would be in that. But it's so moving and incredible those those guys. I know, and in America as well, that yeah. fucking uh, white supremacist mm. twat on the train, and those two guys that yeah. went for him who got killed for their trouble. Awful. Yeah, uh, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think if I was on my own, I don't think I would. I mean, I'd wait and see if there was absolutely no one else. Yeah. Then I would say, "Listen, I really think you should <laughs> you should stop that, and I'm going to get my phone out and start recording this. There's a good chance it's going to end up on the podcast, so think about that. I don't want to have to tell you again." <laughs> Well, we're perhaps not there. I, I, was take, I took my daughter to Little Jim the other day. I want to talk to you about this and see whether, how you feel about this. Uh, I took my daughter to Little Jim, and, uh, which is they do climbing up. Oh, right. And it's stuff not a pirate. Well. No. <laughs> they do... <laughs> they do... They do... I'm dressed as one. Hello, <laughs> Phoebe! Hello, Phoebe! That's what he sounds like, Little Jim! But, uh, you know, I'm a, there's lots of... The dads are different ages there, of yeah. course, right? So I'm an older dad, and I've got a young daughter. But there was a guy who was a very tall, very athletic man. Mm. He was probably about six foot five, Ooh. and he had a three-year-old son, I'd say, and he was throwing him in the air, but not just throwing him in the air. He was throwing them... So the roof was twice as high as this, and he was throwing him so he was nearly touching the roof. Uh. And then catching him. <laughs> and my daughter looked at that and went, oh, yeah, do that, do that. You know, she really wanted... She's very adventurous. So I threw her, like... 
She was still in my hands. Yes. <laughs> but a tiny little bit. And, you know, I'm a shorter man and you're a shorter man and I'm, we're older men and I have younger kids than you do. But it's, do, you, do you look at taller men like that and think, you know, would you like that or do you have it? Because people you're meant to have a complex about it. One is meant to have a complex about being short and I count myself as a short Oh, one man. does. Uh, and do you have it? Because I don't really have it. I don't, it. That was the first time I went, oh, that would be nice. I don't have it anymore because there's other things to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, there, there's more urgent problems when you look in the mirror these days than just I'm not saying you. I'm saying <laughs> one. True. Um, but you know the folds, the folds, and uh, <laughs> the mottling, the rippling. The... <laughs> but um, yes, I, I used to. I used to have a massive complex about it. Yeah. And I think are you are, are a lot of your friends tall? I mean. Not and some are, but not not. I've Most of mine massive, are. And you've my, got a very lanky friend. Who yeah, very lanky, lanky friends. My wife is considerably taller than yeah. I am, and uh, you know it doesn't take a genius to realise that I've got a complex about it. <laughs> Small man, because I do think. I mean, I think most of the studies have shown that, like, for example, CEOs, people in positions of power, tend to be taller. There are always exceptions that prove the rule, of Napoleon, course. Napoleon, who was that? Napoleon is the one was, that people come back but to. But he wasn't that small. Adamant used to cheer me up when I was younger <laughs> because he was diminutive. Um, but then he went crazy and started <laughs> throwing things through shop windows, so he let us all down. But... Um, no, it would obviously be nicer to be a bit taller yeah. and to have some easy charisma. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, would it though? But what kind of you know? The only what good kind thing of a about man would you be? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'd probably be awful. <laughs> but it would be They're fun. They're awful. Those tall people. That's They're what I... quite arrogant. They are. and haughty. Yeah. Um, and also, they pay for it when they're travelling. They're often uncomfortable. And yes, that's, that's true. <laughs> For Buckles, it's first class wherever I go. <laughs> I'm like Ronnie Corbett in the, in the big chair. <laughs> so that's nice. And I, I'm generally comfortable in bed and things like that. I'd rather be witty and clever, though, than... To, I mean, it'd be nice to be both, I think, but it'd be, if you had to choose between the two, it's nice to be witty, isn't it, than be strapping and throwing a child into the roof I mean I'm, <laughs> and I don't think he, I couldn't have given him my it's the kind of thing if you that situation if I'd gone up and said my daughter would really like to be thrown into the roof but I can't do it can you do it <laughs> that's a very different thing isn't it because if he drops and kills his own kid you know he's in trouble with his wife but it's okay <laughs> if he drops my child that's, an, that's another if you drop a, ch- a child you don't know by throwing I mean like fucking hell I mean I, I'm so I'm so timid really I'm getting better my daughter's so adventurous that she's making me more adventurous weirdly uh-huh. but the idea of the risk involved of literally throwing a, a, him six feet above no it's appalling well you and I spoke about this on on my podcast that, that, that weird um, vertiginous thing that you get of, of, of just imagining all the terrible things especially when they're very little yes, yeah that's right yeah. oh it's awful I'm, I'm so glad I'm out of that <laughs> section now they're just responsible for themselves although now quickly you know they're getting into clearly finding me tiresome <laughs> and so that's a whole other sad stage that I'm going to have to go through my son's turned into a a kind of vinyl snob 
So he's now going and buying with his pocket money and then just getting my wife to buy for him all these records on vinyl that I already have on CD. (laughs) But he's turning his nose up at them because it's like, oh, no, CDs sound crap. (laughs) So he's going and buying all these things. He's like a proper creepy old vinyl snob <laughs> and so he but he's too timid to ask for what he wants in the record shop in Norwich so my wife has to go up and say um, excuse me um, do you have any uh, early Aphex twin or <laughs> any um, hangable autobulb or v-snares um, any early drill and bass and my son kind of hangs out at the back of the shop this is bad I shouldn't be talking about it like this <laughs> But uh, it is, it's quite nice, though. I do, it's nice to bond with him over that stuff. Yeah. It is, it's nice. I mean, there's, there's more good days than bad days being a dad. But it is scary yeah. sometimes. Yeah. When yeah. you just think about what a stupid person <laughs> I am. <laughs> and, oh, dear, it's shocking. I think, you, I, I think you'd be a, you must be an amazing dad. You must be an amazing person. No, because I'm so ignorant. That's good. That's, I don't know. That's what you wanted, Dad. Uh, yeah, I suppose they're not going to feel intimidated they... by me intellectually, certainly. <laughs> but it's being fun. My, my dog's already outgrown my sense of humour, so I'm, I'm, she's only two and a quarter. I'm hoping she'll come back, but I'll get a bit, bit of time with her, but she's, she's completely... <laughs> she thinks I'm an idiot. Yeah. Is she doing jokes still? Yeah, she's... Well, she's I was saying the, the other because she sort of does little funny things, and I think she is going to be funny. She was messing around with her jigsaw and putting the, jig, putting the jigsaw pieces deliberately in the wrong place. Classic. Yeah. Classic stuff. It's good Five stuff. stars, yeah. the Scotsman. <laughs> but she knew. She knew it was wrong. But there's something else she was doing, I can't remember what it was, but she, no, she is... She's, we have, we have good when she forgets that she is above me. Yeah. Uh, and she just so is. She's so. I mean, I think the weird thing is, me, neither me and my wife are cool people. We're both quite nerdy, dweeby people and quite shy people. And she's, our daughter is v- quite cool. Mm. Like, she's got some sun- sunglasses we bought her on holiday and she was wearing a new outfit the other day and I wanted to take a photo for the, her auntie had bought it. And she, she, she put the sunglasses on and just went... <laughs> and I was, I was going, say cheese. And she was going... And then the minute the camera went down, she went... <laughs> <laughs> so she kind of was posing already and she knew what being cool was. It's innate. I think yeah. it's, it's part of the, you know, the, the biological makeup on a genetic level of the human race <laughs> is changing and adapting to Instagram and various other apps. It's, they, they understand all that Completely. innately. It's weird. It's like when they pick up devices and they instantly understand yeah. that you have to swipe them and do this kind of thing you know it's weird it is freaky but it's a very it's a, you should you should definitely have if you haven't got children have them have them because have them, even because whether you want them or not there's loads of or not. resources uh we're fine for resources for <laughs> for the foreseeable future everything's going well Late, there's going to be another election within the next six months Jeremy Corbyn's going to get in he's going to sort everything out uh, so have some children to enjoy that fun park of a, of a world it's alright it's alright well we should probably wrap up at some point soon um, I, well, I was going to, I'm moving to the countryside I was going to yes. ask about advice about that moving we're also, to we're buying the country a, going to eat a lot of peaches <laughs> That's what I was singing when we moved. (laughs) Moving to the country, going to eat a lot of peaches. Do you not remember that song? (laughs) 
<laughs> Presidents of the United States of America. Okay. Yeah. You don't remember them? No. no I've heard of them, but I don't, you know, yeah. I'm not interested in music. Um, it's, a child, it's a childish thing. Um, we're getting a dog. Yes. My wife... One, You're becoming me. Yeah. My wife... Um, we have, it's difficult to choose a name, right, for a dog. This is a little... Yep. She's only a puppy at the moment. We're not getting it for a, a few weeks. Is it a lady dog or a man dog? It's a girl dog. dog or a... And it's a half German Shepherd, half Husky. Oh. And my wife wants to call her... I think it's going to be... Because I can't think of anything. She's going to call her Wolfie. Wolfie's quite common. I've got a friend who's got a Wolfie. Yeah. I mean, there's worse names, though. There is. I'm uh, going to have a son as well, and we, and we have to think of a name for him as well. Right. I've tried to get booze into both the dog and the, and the bay, which is a, from a routine of mine. There's a character in the Bible called Booze of Rakab, or ah. Boaz of Rakab. Well, there's a lawyer in S-Town in that podcast called Boozer, someone like <laughs> There is, yeah, Boozer yeah, Downs. Yeah, yeah, there is. I've noticed him. That's a but good one. But my wife won't let me call my son... Booze. Booze Herring. Not even as a middle name? No. That's a shame. But it's quite, I'm finding it quite hard to... We, with Phoebe, we kind of quite settled on Phoebe, and we both agreed on Phoebe so quite Phoebe's early. a lovely name. Yeah. We can't think of... And I can only say... I only do joke names, so I'm always trying to get Yeah, red, I got, some, I got or, some joke names in there. Rufus, because uh, it's red, means redhead. And, that's, and I nearly got Rufus through for the, for the boy. I think Rufus Herring is quite a nice name, but... Uh, booze would be good. You, booze. you could lobby for booze again. Yeah. Um, we, when we got our little dog who is now called Rosie um, and uh, our, our son Natty wanted to call her Steve <laughs> which I still think would have been the better name that's a, a stylish name it for is, a... I really I love calling animals by a I love calling it well, like a full, the first name and a second name yeah. that's, always, that's always great yeah. with an animal I nearly got my wife to call the dog Liz Lemon because she's a big fan of 30 Rock. Yeah. I just love that. I go, Liz! Liz! It just seems so wrong for a dog. Liz! <laughs> um, but I think we're going with Wolfie. Wolfie's fine. Yeah, it's fine. But to be fair, she wants to call her Professor Wolfenstein. Oh, so yeah. when the dog's in trouble, it's Professor Wolfenstein, <laughs> which I think is quite good. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, yeah. it's no worse than calling your son Titus. Yes. Like, people constantly, they still, in the modern world, give, them, give their children names like Titus. Yeah. There was someone in the shop at the airport the other day with, who was going after, I think it was, I can't, it was either a Titus or it was something like a Hercules or I don't know yeah. what. I, I, I was gunning for Hercules. We live in Hercules Terrace at the moment. Oh, the right. Moment. Hercules is yeah, good. Hercules Herring. Hercules Herring. Come for the, on. For the, for the son, that's not the dog. That would be ridiculous for a female dog. But for uh, Hercules Herring. Do it. Yeah. What would it shorten yeah. to? Herc. 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 <laughs> there was Hercule. a Herc in the wire, wasn't there? Yes, there was. Yeah, Herc. Yeah, Herc. Go for that. Herc. Herc Herring. I'm behind you. Herc. Because there were people suggesting uh, Heath and things like that. You can't have Heath Herring. It's too... The, they've got, you know, Heath Herring. It's too... But my dad's called Keith Herring. And we realise... So <laughs> and that's, that's fine. So Heath Herring. No. Sounds like Keith Herring. Uh, Keith Herring, yeah. The Herring, the, uh, yeah, the, the gay artist. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the gay artist. <laughs> the gay... The, gay. <laughs> that one, back, back, the right? one gay artist. <laughs> He was you know, the, the homosexual fellow. 
<laughs> it's someone like my dad. What's the name of that artist? Uh, <laughs> the gay, the gay one. Gay one. <laughs> Before we go, I just have to ask you: you were born in Hammersmith, according to Wikipedia, and I know you think you were born in Shepherd's Bush. Goldhawk Road. What's that? Well, it's on the border. What is the tallest building in Hammersmith? Oh, mate. Uh, I've no idea. I mean, there's just a flyover in the Palais there, as far as I know. <laughs> well, Wikipedia, or maybe my Google search, went for the Empress State Building in Earls Court, which I think is stretching Hammersmith a bit. That's 117 metres high. Is this one of your emergency questions? Yeah, well, sort of. I'm just asking guests if they know the tallest building. What's the tallest building in Norwich? Oh, uh, the cathedral? Yeah, but I would think it probably is. But the Google... <laughs> Google said Norwich City Hall. Uh. 60, Imagine. 63 meters. <laughs> uh, and that was me thinking it was the cathedral. Well, I think the cathedral in must fact, be... In fact, it wasn't. It was Norwich City Hall. Well, that's what this says. Does it say by how much it's taller? <laughs> I Rich? don't Well, I didn't look up the cathedral. We can look it up um, maybe backstage. <laughs> that <could maybe> <laughs> That could maybe be uh, what we do. Anyway, look, I think uh, we should. It's been lovely talking to you. We may maybe have to get you back another time. I don't know. We'll have to see uh, what the listeners think after yeah, this performance. Okay. I've only been on your podcast. You know what I was going to do? I was going because I, I uh, sometimes I over prepare. And the thing that I over prepare. Tell me, like, you don't have to do it, right? Yeah. But would this be good? Because um, <laughs> I was watching. I was watching a program uh, about 1984 on BBC Four. Yes, I love those shows. And it had a little section about free Nelson Mandela, the song. Yeah. And Jerry Damas was talking about it, and I was reminded: a, what a good song it is; yeah. b, how actually effective it was. One yeah. of the few political songs that had a clear effect, yeah. a positive effect. And uh, so I was. And you know how the verse goes. Uh, 21 years in captivity yeah. Are you so blind that you cannot see? Are you so deaf that you cannot hear? I was thinking we could just carry on doing like Are you so something that you, that you can't something? And see how long we could go for Like go back and forth <laughs> I, I, got, I, got the, I got like some music for it you can cut this out, right? <laughs> yeah, we probably have to, the things I'm thinking. It's, <laughs> it's the uh, karaoke version, so it's clearable. <laughs> 21 years in captivity Are you so blind that you cannot see? Are you so deaf that you cannot hear? Are you so lame that you cannot walk? Are you so stupid you don't understand? Are you so sexually impotent you can't get an erection? Are you so short that you cannot reach? <laughs> Are you so tall that you cannot reach down? <laughs> Are you so slow you need to... Sp this is not good, is it? That's why... Are you so slow? Was it going to be so slow you need to speed up? Yeah. That's, why, that's why they restricted it to just those two <laughs> verses. I would have been going in there every day going, Jerry, I, I got a new one. Are you so boring that no one wants to talk to you about it? 
What about that? Jerry, come back. All right. I, I tried. Oh, my God. Uh, thank you very much for coming back, Adam. Uh, it's always a lovely to see you. We, uh, next time I'm in Norwich, I'm going to give you a ring. Please do. I will do. Let's do it, man. Uh, let's do it. Thanks, <laughs> gentlemen. Adam Buxton! to Rich Tang's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Adam Buxton. He's a three-times guest. He's a winner, my friends. The music is by Pest. Thank you very much to everyone at Go Past the Strike. Thank you to everyone at Leicester Square Theatre. Thank you also to everyone at Rich Comedy Guide and Ian Tunes and his gang up at iTunes and Ewan Chu up at YouTube. I also like him. The producer of this show is Ash Caffrey. It is a fuzz. GoFastTheStripe.com and RichardHerring.com SkyPotato.com production. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Do check out RichardHerring.com slash gigs and you can come and see all my other gigs. And if you're thinking of changing your energy companies, go to some comparison sites, honestly. And if you end up with Bulb, go to Bulb.co.uk slash refer slash Richard234 and we could all be laughing. It could be amazing. Come on. Thanks. Bye. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. No, this isn't a podcast about milk. If you like historical intrigue, a bit of culture and a sprinkling of controversy, this one's for you. I'm Rachel Stewart and I'm travelling around Europe. Following the hidden history of everyday things as they're exported through time and around the world by force, by chance, or by choice. No need to pack your bags. Just subscribe to Don't Drink the Milk wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Thanks very much. RichardHerring.com slash Rahalastapur for those remaining Rahalastapur dates. Rahalastapur and RichardHerring.com slash Ballback slash tour to find out all the tour dates for my upcoming stand-up. Would love to see you at those ones. Please book tickets if you can. All right. Enjoy another podcast. Don't listen to anyone else's podcast but mine. Stay faithful and I'll see you on the next one. Bye.